It's the Vestavia Hill City Schools podcast. I'm Whit McGee. And I'm Brooke Wedgworth. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, Whit. Good to see you again. You too. How were your holidays? They were great. Super busy, but then also relaxing too. Yeah, definitely that that stretch from Christmas to New Year's really was just kind of a low-key time for us too. So it was nice to have a break. And I know um, you know all the, the students around us too, I think, enjoyed it as well. So uh, it was really good. Emily uh, Foster and Dawn Norris are with us today from Vestavia Hills Elementary West. Good to see you all. Hello. Thanks for having us. So same question, y'all. How were you, how were you, how was your break? I had a great break. I Good. went to Boston and really? uh, okay. yeah, that's where I'm from. So I went to Boston and Rhode Island and then spent some time in Alabama. Yep. Mine was good too. Relaxing with family, got to go and travel and visit some people I haven't seen in a while. So it was much needed. Well, today we're going to be talking with Dawn and Emily and um, our guest dog, which we've never had a animal as a guest on our podcast, but today we have Merlin, <laughs> which is our facility dog at West. And so we're excited to have Dawn, Emily, and Merlin joining us today. And so they're going to speak with us a little bit about um, the process that they went through mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. obtaining Merlin and really how he impacts um, their school and their students and even their staff. And so I'm excited to have them with us today. And this really stems from an uh, important part of our mission, as well as our system goals, especially system goal number two, which is really um, embracing our leadership role and developing common understandings and shared community support for confronting problems and challenges that impact us. And this obviously is a big focus um, with mental health. So I'm excited that we get to really focus on this topic today and hear more about um, what Merlin is doing to impact um, West. That's right. You could say the show has gone to the dogs. <laughs> I was really hoping to get a good dad joke uh-huh. in there. I am. I'm definitely. I'm the. I'm the dad that you look at your kids on New Year's Day and say, "I haven't seen you since last year." <laughs> so, I love that's it. good, right? Um, but but Dawn and Emily, thank you all for for being with us. I would love to hear a little bit about just your stories as educators and as school counselors. So how you got started in this field, just what brought you to West and uh, uh, what you love about what you get to do every day. Okay, I'll start. All right, Dawn. Um, Yes. So I've been in education for almost 20 years. Um, I started as a teacher and then knew for a long time I wanted to be a school counselor. So I've been at West for 16 years and it's the sweetest school there ever was. And now, and you said you're from the Northeast originally. Yes. So what brought you to Alabama? Okay, so my husband um, was in the military. So we actually were in Texas for six years, and that's when I taught. And um, when he got out, we knew we wanted to move east. I was thinking more like from like Boston East and he, the job that he found was in Alabama. So we came and we had intentions of just being here for kind of a short time before we transitioned. And then we fell in love with the state and our friends and Vestavia. And so we decided to never leave. How about that? 16 years later, here you are. 16 years later. Awesome. Emily? Yeah, so I have been at West for three years. I started in 2020 fall, so it was a little of a 
weird time to start. But um, before that, I had studied psychology. I'd worked in different nonprofit settings and then got my master's in counseling. And when I was going through the interview process um, for school counseling jobs, it was COVID. So everything was virtual and on Zoom. And I remember, it's kind of funny, I remember meeting with all of the West people. And one question that Dawn actually asked was, how do you feel about dogs? And I thought it was like just a weird question that an interviewer might ask, like, what's your favorite color or something? I was like, I love dogs. I have three of them. Um, But I didn't know what she had kind of planned for West. It's kind of cool. She was trying to decide if you were going to be a good fit (laughs) or not. So luckily you like dogs. Well, I think that leads right into really the story because I know that um, being able to get a facility dog is not an easy process. It's not a quick process and has been in the work. So I would love for you just to tell us a little bit more about really how that became a vision for you and for the school and then the the whole process and really... Um, getting to the point where we now have Merlin. Okay. So the process started about four years ago. Um, We have an annual counselors conference that we go to every year and we get to go to different sessions. And I went to a session on facility dogs and um, just sat in that session thinking about, oh my goodness, this would be just amazing to have at our school. And so I started doing research, the, t- the wheels started turning in my head. And um, when I came back, I sat down with my principal, who is also a dog lover. And I just kind of put the idea out there asking her her thought. And she said, absolutely, run with it, do all the research, and then we need to present it to Dr. Freeman. So I did. I did lots of research. Um, I went to Homewood City Schools. They have um, facility dogs in all their elementary schools and um, talked to some people at um, Children's of Alabama for um, medical kind of stuff and just did a whole bunch of research. And I I wrote a proposal and submitted it to Dr. Freeman. And then after a couple months, um, or after a little while, heard back from him that we could go ahead with the process. And so at that point, um, we completed an application from Service Dogs of Alabama, which is um, there in Hope Hall, Alabama. And um, they let us know at that point it would be a two to three year wait list. So it was kind of like, okay, we're on the list. And now Around that time, they came back to me and they said, you know, before you will get on the list, you have to have a fence. So we didn't have a fence. Um, So we got a fence put in our backyard and then we were officially awaiting school. And um, that was right around March of 2020. Then, you know, COVID happened. You know, we just waited and every six months or so we would check in with service dogs and, um, Funny enough, we, my family already had a golden retriever and, um, we had just brought home a chocolate lab puppy. And then two weeks later, I got an email from service dogs saying that, um, they had a dog ready for our school and actually was a little bit earlier than anticipated because another school was supposed to get him and, um, The training that Emily and I went to, we had to miss several days of school and that school wasn't able to do that. So we were kind of next on the list and they called us and um, we were able to go. 
I should mention, I don't know if it's picking up on the microphones or not, but he Merlin is here with us in uh, in the room. And I mean, what a great what a great guy. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's right there at your feet. He's tickling bro. my toes oh. as we speak. <laughs> just, he must sense that I need some, yeah, some stress what, relief. Uh-huh. Well, it's a new year, you know. Hey, I may need him every time we do a podcast. So. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's just there. You may hear his uh, his little collar uh, uh, jingle from uh, from time to time. But what a sweet fella. Now, and you mentioned some of the benefits of facility dogs in schools, what are those benefits? What would be something that that students and, and maybe even staff benefit from the presence of a dog like this? I mean, we've seen so many different benefits that we weren't even expecting. It's kind of interesting. For me, I think the most probably notable one is that he can reach kids that sometimes people can't. So like to this morning, actually had a little guy, a kindergartner coming in from the break and it's really hard to leave mom after you've been home for so long. Yeah. I should mention uh, just to jump in real quick that this, the day we're recording is the first day yes. back for students for the, the uh, second semester. So yes. coming off the holiday break, first thing, it's a big day for mm-hmm. everybody. And so this little guy was crying, wouldn't leave mom. And I walked out there and I was trying to talk to him and he was silent. I'm asking how his break was, nothing. I bring out Merlin and all of a sudden you see his body relax. I said, do you want Merlin to walk you to class? And then all of a sudden he's letting go of mom. Um, so just has a different effect than, you know, teachers sometimes. He has a calming presence. And I think it's important to mention because a lot of people are familiar with, I guess, like service dogs. And so just maybe share a little bit about the difference between a service dog and a facility dog, what that looks like. And then I would love for y'all to talk about maybe a day in the life of Merlin or even a week. I know that changes based on needs, but just maybe what a week in the school looks like for him. Sure. So the difference between a facility dog and a service dog, um, a service dog is paired with one person who may have um, a medical need or um, any, any kind of need. And that dog is focused on that one person at all times, um, and can go anywhere with that person, whether they go on an airplane or into the store, because they are constantly monitoring that person for whatever the situation is. Um, and at service dogs of Alabama, they, they start off with training all the dogs to kind of be a service dog. Cause it's the highest level of training. And then they kind of move down Merlin wanted to say hi. Um, they kind of move move them down to facility dog if they are more social. So, for example, Merlin wanted to hang out with all the people in the store instead of just one person. So that's why he became a facility dog. But that was after he had learned about 60 different commands. Um, 60? 60? Six zero. Six zero. Yeah, wow. he knows lots of things. Um, and so he... As a facility dog, he is allowed in our facility, and in that facility, he can work with anyone who comes in that wants to work with him. Um, And so 
he can also go to different Vestavia events, but I can't take him to the store or on an airplane or anything like that because he would want to probably visit with all the people. Hmm. Um, and so very social, very social. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It yep. seems, it seems like Brooke, I'm sure you can vouch for this too. The times that we have been around Merlin, it's like, he's never met a stranger, just mm-hmm. the kindest, just happy to see, ya. um, just such a sweet, sweet personality. He is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime he comes to visit the central office, he likes to make his rounds. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. When when, um, Mrs. Hauser brings him over. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think it's um, cool, too, because I think the other back part to this is, so Merlin obviously has been through a lot of training, but I know both Emily and Dawn went through some training and with him. So I'd Mm -hmm. love for you to share that with our listeners, as well as um, one other piece to add to this is that Merlin actually lives with Dawn. So he's that she's taken on that responsibility Mm -hmm. too, as being, um, I guess, technically his owner Mm -hmm. and primary caregiver. So that's another piece to it. Yeah. So we had to go to training at Service Dogs of Alabama for five days. And we spent the night there. They have cabins. I mean, the facility is beautiful, lots of land and a pond and, um, and it was very intensive. We trained from the time we woke up and then all the way until nighttime. And really, the training was just to teach us what Merlin already knew. Dawn is the primary handler. They ask for a secondary handler as well. So I get to be the secondary. And um, we started off training at the facility, learning those basic commands and how to lead him. And then we went to Montgomery Academy where they take the dogs and they like socialize them in a school setting. And so we got to practice having him around kids as well, which was great experience. So what's it like having Merlin at home with you? And are, are you, would it, would it be safe to say that you are Merlin's owner or is that how that, I don't even know how that works. What is that? Yes. Yes. So he, He's the school dog, but Mm -hmm. I'm the primary handler. Okay. And someday when he retires, he'll become my dog. Okay. Um, So he, and I just want to mention too, the training he went through before we even went to training. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was three and a half when we got him. And so those three and a half years were full of intense training for him. Um, He actually started his training around eight months in a um, prison in Florida. And so he worked with, um, yeah, he was paired with um, this one woman who her main job was to teach him all the commands. And so he spent about a year there And then he went on to be, I think, in a pre-K class with um, a person who, you know, would keep him and bring him to her classroom. And then after that, went back to service dogs for some more training. So that's kind of his path. Um, And then, like Emily said, we got to go for five intense days of (laughs) lots of learning. Wow. So. So, So Merlin now, this is his second school year at West? So he started in May. Okay. So he's only, he hasn't even been here for a year. Okay. So we're coming up on the one year anniversary of Mm -hmm. him being there and uh, walking around West when he's there, it seems like the students just love him. And it just, just like 
he's he's almost like a mascot for mm-hmm. the school in some ways. As a matter of fact, I have to point out to our listeners that Don and Emily, you both have on like <laughs> Merlin swag today. Like Merlin merch. Merlin merch. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's got his own Instagram account. He so does. You have to shout that out too. Um, uh, but what what kind of impacts have you seen in this almost year that he's been at West? You mentioned the story of the student this morning. Are there some other standout stories that you're able to share? Sure. So one thing with him is we are slowly training different classrooms to be able to have him go in without us. So as school counselors, our days are very different. And some days we're in classrooms a lot. Some days we're not as much. So he's now trained in four classrooms to just go in. And um, the children know when he comes in, they keep working, they keep doing their thing. And he'll go around the room. He's, he's sent trained. So he goes around the room to find who needs him, who has those stress kind of, who's giving off the stress. Yep. Yep. So he um, will go into a classroom and the kids know, like, don't call him over. He's going to do his job to find where he needs to go. And so he'll sit down next to a student, even next to a teacher, if that's who needs him. Um, And then he'll kind of stay there for the majority of that day. Um, sometimes he'll sit down in the middle of the carpet if he doesn't maybe sense it. And then teachers will tell him or teachers will have students go teach him math problems or go read him a story or whatever to practice the academic kind of skills. Yeah. One of the big lessons we learned when we were at training was they always said, trust your dog. And it was really hard for us at first because we're getting used to having him. And they were like, he knows because the scent training, he knows who needs him and where to go. And so we kind of trust him. And as we've gotten to know him more, that's become easier and easier. And I think it's interesting, too. I've noticed this, I guess, even on Instagram. But he's, uh, you know, I think when you think about a dog coming into a school, you think about the benefits to the students. But I've seen just on several occasions where teachers, staff members um, have been with Merlin. And so I think there's great benefits to the adults in the building Um, as well as the students. So yes, we, you know, we all have hard things in our life. And um, our office has always been a place where people can come. Um, Now, sometimes we have to make it known that we can't have people come in as often as they want to <laughs> because they all want to see Merlin, which, you know, but we've had teachers just, um, we had one teacher who was going through chemotherapy and would come in and see him a lot. And he would just literally sit on her lap. He just provides something that humans can't. And, um, yeah. he just, he's there for everybody. We've created a little sign outside to let people know when Merlin's available for visits. So if it's on green, that means Merlin's available for anybody to come in and visit. If it's on red, he's not usually in our office. He's usually in a classroom or something. Yeah, I bet he goes home tired. Very day. Very. (laughs) Around when it starts getting close to three, he'll go stand by the door like, okay, you know, it's time for a break. He's ready. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, that is just amazing. And the the impact is is so clear um, to everybody at West. And I think it is important to point out just as context for folks that that may not know all the work that y'all do in school counseling at West, that Merlin is one of many components of your approach to meeting the needs, uh, the mental health needs of all of our students. And you have nearly 800 students every single year at West. So there have to be a lot of different approaches. So don't want people to just think we're just like, 
we decided we'd just get a dog and that would fix everything, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, this is, mm-hmm. this is one of many different nuanced approaches that you have to take for every child. He's a tool in the toolbox. Yep. Yes. Yep. Do you all want to shout out your social media account for Merlin? Would that be okay? Because I know folks, and, and then also if anybody wants to purchase some of this uh, awesome merch you have too, that would be <laughs> great because y'all are posting stuff all the time. I even noticed some stuff over the holidays too. Yeah. 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 So his, his Instagram is at magnificent period Merlin period V H E W. And so we post regularly mm-hmm. on there, just updates about what he's doing. Uh, also, do, where can is there a place people can purchase this stuff? Or is so this? it's only several times a year when the PTO opens it up. But we share that on his Instagram when it's yes. available. So if you follow him, you'll get updates about when that becomes available again. Okay, so what, yeah, we'll all be wearing Merlin stuff That's next right. year. Yeah, so. y'all can join the club. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us. Don Norris, Emily Foster from Vestavia Hills Elementary West. Thank Thank you. you. This was fun. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.